We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Monday, August the 3rd, 2020. On today's show, we've got a pack them. We're talking a lot. Position unit preview series rolls on as I break down the Gamecocks' defensive ends in the 2020 football season. We'll meet the DNs, talk about 2019, give the most approved, best overall season will be successful if overall grade. Also, football season is officially on. The SEC announcing a 10-game conference-only schedule. Of course, that means no South Carolina-Clemson game. I'll give my thoughts on the announcement on no South Carolina-Clemson game and just overall what this season might look like for South Carolina. Also, ton of news and notes to get into. Twitter shenanigans over the weekend. Uh, Luke Doty possibly working out wide receiver numbers being released your listener questions also we've got a ton to get to it's all brought to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. SeatGeek the best ticket buying app by far the only ticket buying app I use and the only one that I recommend go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com use the promo code SPURS up you're going to save $20 off your first purchase guys the season is quickly approaching like I said it sounds like fans might be in the seats Ray Tanner saying over the weekend the South Carolina might put 20,000 people in Williams-Brice Stadium. You're going to need those tickets, right? We all want to go watch, go see the Gamecocks play. You're going to need your tickets. SeatGeek is the way to go. Again, go download the app. Go to SeatGeek.com. they got a great ticket rating system for you, which rates the tickets based on the type of deal you're getting, guys. So, again, scalping is a complete thing of the past. You're not going to interact with people. You're not going to scalp. We don't want to do that, right? We don't want to risk catching the COVID, whatever it may be. Scalping is no more. So you want to have the best possible app. SeatGeek is the one that's going to tell you where you're sitting, what you're paying, what type of deal you're getting, whether you're getting ripped off or you're getting a steal. You're going to know that before you click the buy button. So you're going to have that peace of mind. You can simply just buy your ticket, go enjoy your event, go spend some money on some food, some snacks, some gas to and from the game, whatever it may be. SeatGeek is going to save you the most money possible. Again, that's our friends at SeatGeek. Go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code SPURSUP, that's S-P-R-S-U-P, to save $20 off your first purchase. Let's get it.
What's up, guys? Happy Monday. I'm Chris Phillips, host of the Spurs Up Show, as always. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Boy, we have got a packed show. There is a lot to talk about, a lot to get to, a lot happening over the weekend, over the past three, four days. You notice there is no guest interview because I was like, you know what? Honestly, guys, this show is going to be long. Again, there's a lot to dive into. I'm very excited about it. Again, the position unit preview series, but also football season officially, officially, officially on the schedule. Well, I guess the schedule not out, so not officially, 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 but we've got a start date. September the 26th, kickoff, the damn ball will be spotted. Also, tons of news and notes, tons of listener questions, a pack show. No other way to put it, a pack show. Let's get into a couple of housekeeping items really quickly before we get going. As always, if you have not done so, please be sure to go, whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever it might be, be sure to rate and subscribe. Go leave five stars. We're approaching 300 reviews on iTunes. Again, it does not matter what platform it is. If you're listening to the show and you have not done so, take five seconds out of your day, click the pause button, go leave a review, leave your thoughts, your feedback. That is a great place to do it. Also, if you're not subscribed, be sure to hammer that subscribe button. Again, whatever platform you're listening on, make sure you are subscribed so you get the notifications when the show drops. Also, NCAA 14 streams are starting soon. I'm sure you guys saw on social media. We did win the national championship, so a little golf clap for me and the Gamecocks. We win the national title in uh, March Madness, 2K, whatever the simulations. NCAA 14 streams will be starting very, very, very soon. For those of you who actually pay attention. I have run some test streams. We're just getting the kinks ironed out, but that's going to be a ton of fun. We're actually going to be able to do the uh, the NCAA 14 streams similar to last year with the simulations where we sim the games. Um, I'm very, very fired up about it. So that's going to start soon. Also, today is the debut of Rowdy Rooster Radio. Yes, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. So 4 to 6 today. It is a call-in show. I will be taking calls from anyone, positive, negative, Whatever it may be, I'll be taking calls from all you guys every single day, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. I'm very, very, very excited, very fired up to do this like I talked about last week. I think this is going to be an awesome new piece of content for you guys, very interactive. I want a lot of calls. I want to hear a lot of the banter, a lot of your conversation. I'm very, very fired up to dive in this again. Rowdy Rooster Radio, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern, starting today. Today at 4 o'clock will be the very first show I'm fired up for. It. All right, let's dive into this show. Again, there is a lot to get to, and I want to start where we've been starting the last few weeks, which is with the position, position unit previews, talking about the Gamecocks defensive ends in the 2020 football season. Let's first, as we always do, let's take a look back and look back at 2019. The Gamecocks defensive ends, or really defensive line as a whole and defense as a whole, 24 sacks. Uh, overall for the year. So as far as, getting, as far as getting to the pass rusher, Gamecocks didn't do a terrible job. Um, Aaron Sterling and DJ Wanham, really the guys leading the way. And DJ Wanham, obviously, as we know, is going to be the big loss that you have to replace for this unit. Wanham, 37 tackles, nine and a half tackles for loss, had four and a half sacks. We all know his impact. When he was in the game, the Gamecocks defense seemed to be just much, much more disruptive. I mean, he, he was he was a one-man wrecking crew. He was a true force. He was a game changer. DJ really had that knack for making the big play just simply when South kind of needed it. Um, <clears throat> Aaron Sterling, 40 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, and six sacks. I don't think Sterling gets talked about enough just how big of an impact he had last season. I'm expecting big things out of him. Let's meet the defensive ends going down the list here. And like I said before, guys, with these defensive guys, a lot of these dudes can play different positions. So 
there's some guys that are going to be grouped with certain positions. Like, for example, I'm not breaking down the buck position. I'm throwing those guys in with the defensive end. I understand the Gamecocks run a buck. It's basically like a hybrid defensive end. To make things simple for us all, though, I'm just bunching them all together just to give you guys that heads up. But meeting the defensive ends, Joseph Anderson, Jordan Birch, Aaron Sterling, Brad Johnson, Rodriguez Fitton, Tyreek Johnson, and Gilbert Edmond round out the defensive ends. Let's dive into most approved, best overall season will be successful if overall grade. You guys know the drill. When I look at most approved, I think South Carolina has a lot of proven guys coming back. Um, I really like Aaron Sterling and Brad Johnson. I think those are your two starters. Those guys are proven on the edge, and they can make big plays. I think the most approved out of this group, and it's just simply because of the expectations, right? I think it's simply the expectations are there. I think South Carolina fans want to see this kid fill in and contribute immediately. And I think he's expected to take over that role that DJ Wanham had, and that is Jordan Birch. No surprise. The five-star, the prized recruit out of Hammond High School, really was one of the gems of your 2020 recruiting class. I would say the top guy we got outside of Marshawn Lloyd. Um, yeah, Jordan Birch is that dude. So, got a lot to prove. Again, the measurables are all there. He's a guy, listen, has all of the hype. Has all of the hype coming into South Carolina. Um, let's see, Jordan Birch here stands in at, if I can find his measurables, that would be great. Um, where is it at? Let's see. Jordan Birch, where are the measurables? Where are the measurables? Jordan Birch, how am I not seeing this? Yeah, overall, weak side defensive end coming in 6'5", 275. There we go. I finally found it. 6'5", 275, though. One of the great things about Jordan Birch, too, is, listen, I don't think he's going to be asked to do more than he's capable of because South Carolina, like I was mentioning about the defensive tackles, they do have some depth there. There's no question. Um, I think Birch, though, contrary to like a Zach Pickens, I think Birch will be ready much quicker to – contribute and play a big role because of he's not on the interior necessarily. You can get away with not maybe being physically mature as much as you would have to be if you're playing in the interior where you're going to get up against those guys every single snap. So again, I think Birch, just because of the, the expectations he's coming in with, I think that he does have the most to prove of this position group. No question in my single mind. And I, I think he's a guy, listen, that can pan out, that can make, because that, that's one of the big questions everybody has, right, is how big of an impact does Jordan Birch make in his first season with South Carolina? I think he can have a very big impact. And like I said, I think the luxury for the Gamecocks is you're not going to be asking him to do too much. I don't think they're going to be putting too much on his plate because they don't have to. But I certainly think he is a guy that, again, with his skill set, you know, we've all watched his film, with his skill set, with the expectations, with his size – I think he is a guy that can come in and play immediately for you. I think he's a guy that come in and can make an immediate contribution. But, again, we all know how it goes in recruiting. We all know how the recruiting process works. Just because you're a five-star don't mean you're going to pan out. So, Jordan Birch has got to be the next dude for South Carolina. They need him to be the dude. They need both Pickens and Birch to be those guys for them up on the defensive front. So, I think Jordan Birch, again, because of that, does have the most to prove amongst a talented group of defensive ends. Best overall for me, no questions, Aaron Sterling. I'll tell you guys, I, I, again, I did not expect that big of a year from Aaron Sterling last year. This is a dude that's really developed nicely, really developed nicely, has really matured well, uh, sort of coming to his own. Again, 40 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, and six sacks last year. Pretty solid good year. Again, you lose DJ Wanham. He's going to have to be even better in 2020. 
And I think he will be. Listen, I think he will be. I love his speed off the edge overall. I love his tenacity. I love his motor. Um, I think this is a guy, listen, that, that could have a really big season. And, again, surprise some people even again. I, I think he could surprise people again and be one of those guys that is a sneaky all-SEC candidate. I mean, I, like I said, I really like his game. I really like his drive and just the way he plays the game. So, to me, you look at these guys, and no question to me the best overall is Aaron Sterling. Uh, season will be successful if – Give me 30-plus sacks. You had 24 sacks last year. You add in Jordan Birch. Guys like Aaron Sterling and Brad Johnson are a year older. Joseph Anderson's a year older. Tyreek Johnson, Rodriguez Fitton. Those guys are a year older. You have a talented freshman, a guy like Gilbert Edmond coming in. I don't see why this defense, especially with, I think, the defensive line as a whole, the interior is going to be better, which I think is going to help not only the sack numbers, but it's going to help the guys on the edge. I think it's certainly going to help the guys on the edge. So, listen, I think 30 sacks is very reasonable. I think that's a, that, that's a very realistic number. And I think if you get 30-plus sacks, listen, you're going to have a pretty damn successful year on the defense. I mean, you have a pretty damn good secondary. You would think you've got some talent, Isra McQuamu, J.C. Horn, Jammy. Uh, we all know those guys. We all know those names. You're going to have a good year defensively if you're, getting, if you're sacking the quarterback 30 or more times. It's going to let those DBs just eat, man. It's going to let those DBs eat. So, I think – Again, you got to 24 last year, which is what, averaging two per game. I think South Carolina can average three per game. I think they can eclipse the 30-sack mark in 2020. So give me 30-plus sacks for a successful season. And, again, I think if you hit that number, not only is it going to be a successful season for your defensive ends, it's going to be a successful season for your defense as a whole. Those guys are going to feast. So uh, give me 30-plus sacks for a successful year for these guys. Overall grade. Overall grade for the defensive ends. This is the first time I've gone below a B on the defense, and it might be the only time I go below a B. I'm going to go – it's tough. And, you know, I have the grade written down, but now I'm kind of going back and forth in my head, like do I really want to give them that grade? I'll give them a B-. minus. I had a C plus. A C plus feels low for the talent when you, like, really look at the talent. A C-plus feels low. I'm going to give him a B-minus. I think there's still a lot to prove here. Um, I like Sterling and Johnson, like I said, but beyond those guys, as far as the depth is concerned, you need a guy like Joseph Anderson to, you know, who was, who was once a highly regarded recruit. You need a guy like Joseph Anderson to step in there and play well. You need Jordan Birch to fill in for DJ Wanham. So it's tough for me to give them like a B-plus or even an A when you lose a guy like DJ Wanham. Like that, that is going to be a void this South Carolina defense has to fill. And again, I think it goes so far beyond just his talent. I mean, this, this was a guy that just seemed to make big play after big play after big play for South Carolina. I don't know what it was. He had that knack. Um, so I'll give the overall grade a B minus. I think really solid group. I think there's a ton of talent here. I think if Jordan Birch, again, if he can come in and pan out and play solid minutes for South Carolina, this, this, this group, the sky's the limit, I think. I think the sky is the limit for this group of defensive linemen, specifically defensive men. So give me a B minus for the overall grade for the defensive ends. All right, let's talk about it, guys. Football season, we have a start date. I, I was so giddy, so giddy on Friday. Or when was it? Thursday afternoon or whenever we learned the news. Was so giddy about Yeah, it was Thursday afternoon. Was so giddy about this. Um, SEC announcing a 10-game conference-only schedule, which means no South Carolina Clemson game, which I'm going to get to in just a second. But a 10-game conference-only schedule, guys, we actually have football. I went on ESPN Charleston on Friday, and they asked me about it, and I was like, dude, I'm giddy. We're getting football. Like, just think how blessed we are just to be getting football. Like, thank God. Thank goodness. It's happening. It is happening. 
So be happy about that. I understand the disappointment with no Carolina Clemson game. I get it. Fans in the state take that rivalry very seriously, very personal. And I get that. I mean, I do too. The, the mentality, though, and the mindset that we just shouldn't have a season because there's no count of Clemson game, I, I think that's absurd. I don't think that most people are saying that. I, I definitely think there's, a, there's an audience saying that, though. And, and I think that's ridiculous. You know, people say, oh, what's the point of the season if you don't play Clemson? Um, gee, I don't know, trying to win the SEC maybe? Like, I, I mean, it's just a ridiculous statement. I mean, is it stupid? Yeah, I think it's dumb. I think it's silly. They couldn't make it work out. I think the SEC gave a big fuck you middle finger to the ACC, honestly. You know, the SEC is very ego-driven. They're very, very ego-driven. So, I, I, you know, I don't know that maybe they didn't like that the ACC came out first before them and proposed this plan, and the SEC was like, ah, screw that. We're not going to follow along. We got our own thing. We do what we want to do, not what you tell us to do. So, you know, it, it sucks. I'm glad Castle and Tanner were the one school to vote yay as far as playing the rival. You know, Georgia Georgia didn't vote yay. Florida, um, you know, Kentucky, none of them. None of them did. And I think it goes to show you just, again, how important that game is. And I'll tell you this. Uh, guys, I, I'm very blunt and honest with you guys. From a tradition perspective, from a, you know, selfishly from a content creator perspective, that Carolina that kind of Clemson week always gave me a ton of, a ton of uh, content. You know, I, I love bantering with the Clemson fans. It's, it's hilarious. It's fun. Um, so from that perspective, I am upset, and I am sad there's not going to be a Carolina Clemson game. And, again, it is silly that South Carolina can travel to Gainesville, to Baton Rouge, and Nashville, but they can't travel up the road to Clemson. I mean, it just makes absolutely – you know, Missouri can travel to Columbia, South Carolina, but we can't go to Clemson to play a game. It makes no sense. On the flip side – I do get it because of the sense you're trying – I mean, if the ACC, for example, has an outbreak, you know, now I guess, you know, there's no SEC team affected because, you know, you're not playing SEC, ACC, right? I, I guess I get what they're saying with that. But I, I just it's, – it's not because it couldn't happen. It's because the sides didn't want to make it happen. That's why there's no game. But, again, back to my point, I am upset for those reasons, the tradition side of things, the content creation side of things. But I'm not going to lie, on the field, the game wouldn't have been close. Like, I don't think there's anyone out there that thinks otherwise. Realistically, you know what I mean? We probably, South Carolina would have probably been a 23, 24-point underdog. And Clemson probably would have covered. I mean, we, we're probably staring down the barrel of another 35 to fucking 7 game. I mean, just to be honest with you, probably staring down the barrel of that. So, you know, I, I mean... I'm not sad in the sense that we get spared that ass kicking. And that's not saying like, oh my God, you're scared to play us. Like, no, I mean, I'd love for South Carolina to play Clemson. It's like when I said that on Twitter, I said that I'm so happy we don't have to face Trevor Lawrence or Travis Etienne ever again. It's not because I'm scared to play him or don't want to play him. I'm just happy we don't have to see him. Like, I didn't like playing against them. They, they, they shredded us. I don't like playing against them. So, it's disappointing for sure. And it's just disappointing because the game should have happened. The, the game should have happened. It should happen. And the fact that the sides couldn't come to an agreement, the SEC and ACC, to make it happen, that's very disappointing, especially, again, the South's longest-running uninterrupted rivalry. since not, you, you haven't missed a game since 1908. It sucks to have that streak stop. And I think South Carolina and Clemson fans – feel a lot of pride in that streak and feel a lot of pride in that rivalry as a whole. But 
let's just enjoy we have football. Let's just be happy we have football. The rumored ads, by the way, because obviously a 10-game conference only schedule, you got to add two teams, right? The rumored ads are Arkansas and Auburn for South Carolina, which I'm pretty happy with. I think the draw could be much worse. I think you add a win adding Arkansas, you would surely hope so. And then Auburn, is that's a very intriguing matchup. I mean, Auburn's one of those teams that's just sort of weird. I think South Carolina, that will be a good game. Um, so again, if that is the two teams, I know a lot of people ask me, Chris, what's your prediction? Chris, how does this affect your season predictions? Whatever. I'm going to make my official, official predictions when the schedule comes out, which will hopefully, hopefully be this week. I cannot wait. I know the PAC 12 and the ACC already releasing their schedules. I would assume the SEC will release theirs this week. I would have to imagine. Um, so yeah, I'll make my official predictions, but I, you know, I said it before I said it last week. Listen, I'm going to write an apology letter to Will Muschamp if South Carolina, you know, because I said in a regular season or a conference-only season, and it still stands. If South Carolina goes 500 or better, <clears throat> I will write him an apology note. And listen, I, I think that's what, you know, without even looking at the schedule, that's what the expectation should be. You know, I was asked that question Friday on ESPN Charleston. That's what the expectation should be. The expectation should be at least 5-5 five and five or better. Um, it should be at least 5-5 five and five or better. So, I, I mean – you know, I, that's just my opinion. I don't see how you can show real progress going four and six or worse. I, I don't think you do. I don't think you show real progress. Again, how does the pandemic affect Muschamp? That's up for debate. And again, I'm mentally preparing myself for Will Muschamp to come back either way, unfortunately, even if South Carolina does not meet expectations. Um, <clears throat> but again, I will give my official predictions when the schedule comes out, but I think you should be shooting for at least 500. I, you got to be. I think you got to at least shoot for 500 with this, uh, with this 10-game schedule. Um, all right, let's get into some news and notes because there's definitely some interesting stuff to talk about. Um, man, I, I forgot. I really forgot how much fun Twitter can be. Um, Twitter is a madhouse, and, and I initiated it. It's fine. Um, I definitely initiated it. So I want to make one thing clear because, <clears throat> you know, I, I put out a statement on Saturday. I put out another one on Sunday, and I'm not deleting that. I'm not backing off of that. The reason I deleted the first tweet on Saturday was because I realized there are guys that follow me that are recruits, that are potential commits, whatever. That tweet was not worded the way I wanted to say it, okay? That tweet was not worded the way I wanted to say it. So I deleted it. That's why I deleted it. And I was like, mm, I did not really phrase that the way I wanted to. Let me delete that. Um, but I put out another statement on Sunday, and I completely stand by it. And I got to be honest, it was fun as hell putting some of y'all in body bags, ending y'all's careers. Shout out to Freeman. I mean, just putting that motherfucker in a body bag. I mean, God, it's just so much fun. So much fun doing that. Um, had, a, had a lot of fun. Probably going to be the only time I do that. I don't like to just sit there on Twitter all day. But uh, was a little hungover on Sunday. I figured, hey, why not? Why not? You know what I mean? Why not have some fun with it? But I, I just want to kind of address the statement that I made and expand on it because – I do stand by the entire message of it, which this is the message. And listen, I've thought this forever. I'm not going to lie to you. I've thought this for a while. It gets so, and I'm not, I'm not really trying to take a shot at the kid. Like I'm, I'm glad the kid, the kid chose South Carolina. I'm glad he did. Listen, I'm happy, dude. I'm a Newberry guy, right? I played college sports. I played college baseball at Newberry. This guy's coming from Winget. They were literally in our conference. So, I mean, I, I, I fuck with this kid. I really do. Coming from the sack, I hope he balls. I'm not really trying to shit on the kid. But I get so sick and tired. And one of the reasons I'm not a big recruiting guy, 
is be, one of the reasons I'm not a big recruiting guy is the Muschamp era, the wear and tear of the Muschamp era in the sense of we have had so many dudes come in and do nothing, nothing. Guys that were high profile, high, profile, high three stars and four stars, do nothing. Look at Jam Williams. Look at Rosendo Lewis. Look at R.J. Roderick. I mean, I can keep going down the list. <laughs> you know, like, we've had guys come in and do nothing. And listen, recruiting is not all about stars, okay? Dylan Thompson was a two-star. Connor Shaw was a three. It's just like I acknowledged on Sunday. Some of the USC legends, a lot of them were three stars. A lot of them. And I admit that. But, because I know a lot of you out there are diehard recruiters, like recruiting people. You're diehard into it. You're diehard. And obviously, there are services out there. They make a living just covering recruiting. But you cannot tell me how important recruiting is. We all know the importance. It's the lifeblood of college football. And again, stars aren't everything. Stars aren't everything. But you can't tell me how important recruiting is and then disagree with anything I said. You, you can't. You just can't. You just can't. I hope the kid comes in and catches 10 touchdowns. I really do. But it gets so old seeing Will Muschamp pump these dudes up, setting these un, almost setting these unfair expectations. Like, you know, it just gets old. It gets so freaking old. Again, I hope the kid balls out. But if he does, let's just say he does, what does that say about the wide receiver room we have? What does that say about the Ortre Smiths and the Josh Vans and the, the Xavier Leggetts and even the Shy Smiths, even the Decarion Joiners? What does that say about our recruiting, our development, our on-field product? Like, what does that say? And again, it's not the popular opinion. I've never gave a fuck about that, though. I've never gave a damn about having the popular opinion. The reality of the program right now is not pleasant, and it's harsh, and it hurts, and it stings people. It's like a knife in your side. I get it. It hurts no one more than it hurts me. I have to live with it. Literally live. I, God, I pray South Carolina has a winning year this year. I pray. I get so tired of coming after Muschamp. I get so tired of the negativity. I do, but I'm not wired to sunshine pump. I'm not going to do it. When we're having to rely on a D2 transfer as a big-time player for this 2020 team, what does that say? Okay, what does that say? Again, it's not really a slight directly at the kid. Listen, I talked to the kid after. I want to make sure we were good. We're fine. Whatever. He can go shove it up my ass, too. I don't give a damn. It's whatever. Is what it is. He's a grown-ass man. Get over it. Whatever. But it's just the entire principle, bro. Year five. And we're, we're celebrating because we're pulling in a D2 transfer? Maybe he's the best D2 transfer of all time. Numbers look good. Not saying they didn't. Measurables look good even. Six foot three. Runs a four, four, five. Got some talent, obviously. But... I think people were definitely missing the point. I think people were missing the point. The goal is to win the SEC. And I, I, I honestly don't think that's the goal for a lot of people. 
I think a lot of people might say it is, but they don't genuinely care about it. Like, they, they don't genuinely embrace that or, you know, they, they just don't. You know? And people are telling me, well, Muschamp tweets Spurs up for anybody. No, he doesn't. What about all those walk-ons? Parker White was a walk-on. They're starting kicker. I didn't see him tweet Spurs up then. My whole point was, dude, can we stop, like, celebrating this? It just gets old. And I know how it came off. And like I said, looking back, eh, I kind of wish I'd have worded the first tweet differently because my point did not get made the way I wanted it to. But I rephrased and posted Sunday. And, and I don't back off of that. I, I stand by that. You know, what does it say about the state of the program that we're, we're getting hype over pulling a D2 transfer? <laughs> you know, and, and you know what? The, the same, here's the thing. The same ones of y'all that are coming down, coming at my neck, talking shit, are the same ones that if this was Clemson, if Clemson fucking pulled in a, two, a D2 kid, you, our fans would be giving them shit for it. The same people. No question. There's... No question. If this same kid chose Clemson instead of South Carolina, people will be saying, oh, that kid sucks. He's a D2 guy. He sucks. He sucks. 100%. But because he chose South Carolina, oh, he's a Gamecock. He chose us. He's great. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I get it. I get how it works. I, I get it, man. I, I get the sensitivity with the fan base, with the college fan bases in general. The players are like your kids. The coaches are like your family. I get it. But, man, I, I can't help but just be real and, and just say how I feel about it. And I just saw it Saturday, man. It's just like, bro, this is getting so old. Like, it's getting so old. Like, how are we going to win big-time football games with a D2 wide receiver? No, again, I hope the kid shoves it up my ass. I hope he does. I hope him and Champ both. But what's it going to – again, what is it going to say about a guy like Ortre Smith or a Josh Van if this kid comes in from Winget and beats them out? What is that going to say? Really, though, you think about that. You think about that. I mean, I, I got people coming at me saying, oh, you're going to be sorry when he catches um, – you're going to be sorry when he catches 10 touchdowns. I'm like, bro, he might not get 20 snaps. What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, come on. Man. It's not like I'm shitting on some five-star and saying, oh, he's actually trash. Like, are we really getting that upset over a guy who may never play? Oh, God. I mean, again, the point, I hate that the point was lost and everything because I stand by my point. It's not – I'm glad the kid chose Carolina. I'm sure he's an awesome dude. I'm glad he's in Columbia. I'm glad he's a Gamecock. I really am. I really, really am. But my point stands. You cannot sit here as a fan and preach to me about how important recruiting is and then be like, oh, this is great. Let's just pull in a bunch of D2 guys. And a lot of y'all is so funny. A lot of y'all, maybe not the listening to the show, maybe there's some of you, some of you tuning in that uh, maybe there's some of you tuning in that don't normally because you just had to hear what I had to say. It's whatever. It's fine. Hell, there's a lot of you that say where I played college baseball is a joke. Oh, you played at Newberry? It's a joke, bro. It doesn't even hardly count. That kid comes from the same conference. Like, keep that same energy when we're talking about this guy. 
Again, hope he balls out, hope he does well. Hard to build an SEC championship caliber team with those type of recruits. It just simply is. That is a fact. You can go look at all the SEC champs. You can go look at the playoffs, the college football playoff. Recruiting's not everything, but it's a pretty big damn piece of it. You're just not going to get that from me. If you didn't already know that, you know, a lot of these South Carolina sites out there and these personalities, they will try to spin it every time we get a recruit and tell you how good the kid is. Every one of them. Every one of them. I'm not going to be that guy. You know, I'm not going to be that guy. It's frustrating to see Georgia and Clemson and even UNC pulling in four-star after five-star after four-star after five-star. And then us us act like we did something because we reeled in a D2 dude from Winget? Give me a break, bro. Give me a break. Give me a break. So. That's my piece on it. Like it, love it, whatever. I don't really give a damn. So, um, let's move on. There is some other big news, and I, I'm going to say news very, very lightly. Um, saw on social media over the weekend, and I'm not even going to spend a lot of time on it because, again, this is just all rumor. It's all summer camp rumor bullshit. Luke Doty possibly working out at wide receiver. If that's happening, that's stupid. That's bottom line. Bottom line. My question is, how can you have practice reports when practice hadn't started? They're just out there throwing each other, running routes and shit. Like, how are you taking anything away from anything they're doing? How, how are you that desperate for news to drop? Like, seems ridiculous. It seems absolutely ridiculous. It does. So, let's move on from it. I just, I, what's the point in talking about rumors? Like, I just don't get it. What's the point? Um, numbers released for football and basketball is another big thing going down the list. Jakari Caldwell, 89. Jaheim Bell, 23. Jordan Birch, 3, which I love. A lot of small numbers for the D-linemen. Gilbert Edmond, 55. Tonka Hemingway, 91. Joey Hunter, 14. Alex Huntley, 95. Mitch Jeter, 98. Kyle Kroger, 39. Rico Powers, 84. Love that number. Makia Scott, 96. Eric Shaw, 35. Zachondre White, 11. Dak Joyner going back to 5. Very interesting. Zach Pickens, number 6. And Jamar Brown, number eight. So, like I said, I love the D-line with the small numbers. Also, for basketball, some updated numbers. Nathan Nelson, number 30. Mike Green, 13. Seventh Woods, 23. Patrick Ariel, 14. Javon Benson, 21. And Ford Cooper, number 44. So, good stuff there. Really excited. We're getting closer and closer and closer to kickoff. I'm very pumped. Very, very pumped. All right. Let's dive into your listener questions. Do have a couple of listener questions we round out the show. Um, Hayden underscore Uzlak. Will Birch be in the starting lineup right away? Yeah, I think he'll factor in the rotation for sure right away. Now, will he be starting on opening day? Eh, I don't know, but I think he'll definitely get himself in the starting rotation. Um, Matt Perry, 16. How many sacks do you think Birch will have? Marshawn Lloyd rushes for how many yards as well? Um, sacks for Birch. I'll go I'll go two. I'll go conservative on the, his first year. I'll go two. Two sacks for Birch. Marshawn Lloyd, I think he'll be a 800-yard rusher. Let's say that, 800 yards. Uh, Harrison Rowan, one. What can, we expect, what can we expect from Cam Smith this year? I think he'll factor in the DBs. I think he'll play a lot. Um, I think he'll play a lot for sure. Uh, Scott DeBee Lawson, how many games could you see Birch play in his first year? I think he'll probably play in all of them, to be honest with you. Um, Jordan Portillo, 93. How much playing time will Birch get this year and at defensive end? 
like I said, I think he'll probably play in every game. Now, again, the great news is that South Carolina has the luxury. They don't have to use him every single game. Um, there's enough depth there, I think. But I think he's I think he's being looked at as the guy, listen, he's going to fill in for where DJ Wanham was. I mean, that's, that's why you recruit a guy like that, to have that type of impact. So I think that's where you're going to see him. Um, again, appreciate the listener questions. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, a fun pack show. Um, a fun pack show. Listen, if I said anything to you on Twitter, if I put you in a body bag on Twitter, listen, man, it's nothing personal. It's, it's all Twitter. Unless you're Freeman, then fuck you. But it, it's nothing personal. Um, it is what it is, bro. It's just Twitter. We're all Gamecocks in the day. We all want to see the same thing happen. That, that's what I try to remind people. We all want the same thing. We may have different opinions of how to get there, but we all want the same thing. And listen, I, I want to be positive all the time. I do. But the truth's not always positive. And when you're coming off a four and eight year and you do some of the things that our coaching staff has done, I, one thing I forgot to mention, Mike Bobo, quote tweeting your boy. Retweet me. Retweeting the screenshot. Wow. Wow. Put that on the list of things I did not see coming this offseason. Unreal. So, um, Fun show, man. Fun stuff. I, I love it. I, I love it, honestly. I love the banter. I love the back and forth. I love it, man. I love it. So, I love you guys. I appreciate it as always, guys. Have a fantastic Monday and a fantastic week. We'll talk again on Thursday. Until next time, I am Chris Phillips of the Furs Up Show. We'll talk soon. Thanks.